And John is standing strong and tall for every word of it. This is the way into fellowship with the Father through the Son. If you know the true God-man, Christ Jesus, the sent one from the Father, the one who was incarnated in Mary's womb, who lived a sinless life and died on the cross an atoning death, then you have fellowship, partnership with God. You are born of God. Welcome. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we're looking at 1 John chapter 1. This is the how of joint partnership with God. We're going to look at the great word called koinonia. Now, I am not an ecumenist, and I know that the ecumenists have hijack this word to mean uh, unity under the umbrella of the broadest array of Christians you could imagine. But koinonia is John the Apostle's word given him by the Holy Spirit to convey partnership. And this is the partnership that every born-again believer has with the Father and the Son, when we come by faith into union with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only Savior of God's people, and he leads us into this partnership. Christians are not just disciples following. We are not just imitators going on and on after the Lord in our own strength. We are like the a little branch joined to the vine. We are in union with Christ as partners, drawing all our life and strength from him. And this is the message today. I trust you'll stay tuned as we let the Bible speak. And James is telling us that God is perfect light. It's always at noon, no shadow. And John went on to say, in him is no darkness at all. Now, the big question then is, how can we have fellowship with a God who is so perfect and so holy? Well, it is not by dragging God down to human level. It is not by in any way trying to change God into man's standard. God is unchangeable, inflexible in his holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And if we are to worship God, we must worship him as he truly is, the God of perfection, the God of light. This 
is the how of fellowship with God. Each and every Christian, you and me, must be brought into the light and walk in it. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's verse 7, 1 John verse 7. But verse 6 is a warning. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. If you're a rebel, if you are throwing out the Ten Commandments, if you're seeking to live the way you want to live without a thought for God's holy standard, then you're walking in darkness, and there's no light in you. And John's conclusion of the matter is this, that an empty profession of walking with God will not do. Will not do. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness. So if you say with your lips that you're a Christian, that you're walking with God, but you walk in darkness, you lie and do not the truth. Now, we're not making that judgment. God is. And God has stated that He is light, and that must be the basis of our fellowship with Him. God has revealed that to us. And the logic then is that all who will walk in lies, disobedience, and rebellion to God's light are covering up their lifestyle, hiding in the closet of the darkness. They have no fellowship with God. But the true Christian desires that everything is brought out into the light. It's like the old way of spring cleaning. When April, May comes around and winter's gloomy days are over, uh, the housewife decides it's time to spring clean. And what does she do? She takes all those carpets that have been walked over for months and they're brought out into the daylight. And she hangs them over the fence or over the line and beats them. And then she can see all the dirt and all the dust. She brings them out into the light. She really is interested in making them clean and white. And so is every Christian. We are interested in purity, holiness. We want to be changed into God's image. And we want His light to shine on our lives that we also may walk in the light. Solomon said in the Proverbs, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. If you cover up your sin, you have no fellowship with God. But if you confess and forsake your sin, then you begin to walk in the light. And what a wonderful thing that is. When we are born of the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, and we are born of God and given new hearts, then we begin to see our sin. We begin to hate our sin. And we cry out like Paul, O wretched man that I am. And we want to keep short accounts with God. There's honesty in every Christian's profession. And you pray, Lord, I want to be honest with you. 
I want you to show me my sin. Search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. This now is the basis of fellowship with a God of perfect light. Don't try to drag God down to man's standard. That's what the worldly church does. That's what humanism does. John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. One more revelation in this chapter, and you'll find it uh, right down there in verse 7. It's the revelation of blood atonement. Now, we've had the revelation of God, the Son. Revelation of God the Father walking in the light. But how can we, who are confessing our sin, and we have to come honestly and put everything on the table, we have to confess every sin that we're aware of, how can we be made right and reconciled to God? Well, this third revelation is the answer. And it is, as you see here in verse 7, and I want you to take note of the, the, the wording here. It is the revelation of the perpetual application of the blood of Christ. That the blood of Jesus washes the Christian over and over again and again constantly. Did you notice in verse 7 what it says that the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth. It's ongoing, continuous. Who would have thought of such a thing as this? In God's eyes, when he looks upon you as a Christian, when you have called upon the Lord Jesus to be your Savior, and God looks upon you, God sees the blood of his Son, upon your soul, and applied to your life. That's because Jesus' death was of infinite value. He was God and man in one person. And his divinity gave eternal value to his human suffering. And therefore we can say tonight with all confidence, the blood of Jesus has supernatural power. That's our basis of fellowship with the Father. And Christ died for our sins, past, present, and future. Every sin had to go beneath the cleansing flow. Now, I was looking at the poster for the youth meeting that's coming up, and I noticed that there's going to be a trip to Niagara Falls, all to be young, all to be climbing on a bus and traveling down the road to see a sight like that. And as you hang over the reel, not too much now, but as you hang over the reel, and you watch that water, and it just flows over in a mighty torrent. And down below is the mighty mist that rises up into the sky above ground level, from below the the very chasm of the Niagara. And the maid of the mist seals up, and you need a cape. You need something to cover you from the mist. It's, a, it's like rain pouring down. Think of what the gospel does for the Christian. And young people, when you get down to Niagara, I want you to tell them this. 
that that is a wonderful example of the ongoing cleansing of our souls by the blood of Jesus every hour, every day. Now, I researched Niagara. Did you know that it actually stopped once? Way back in 1848, March 29th, the Niagara Falls ran dry, and it was due to ice backup on the Erie Canal, and the water stopped flowing just once in recorded history, just once. But I assure you tonight that the peace and the blessedness of the Christian is that the blood of Jesus flows for all eternity without stopping. And there's never a moment that we are not under the blood. And so to the God who sees our sin, the same God, he sees the blood of his Son. And just like in Egypt at the Passover, God promised, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the blood-washed Christian has this wonderful koinonia fellowship, partnership with the Father and the Son constantly. This is something that God has covenanted to do. Now, if you go to verse 9, you will see the wonderful promise. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so as you confess, as you plead cleansing, God is faithful. He will live up to his covenant promises, and he will cleanse you and keep on cleansing you forevermore. This is a chapter of communion and partnership with God. And you have it tonight as a Christian. You have it all. You have all of the Son, and you have all of the Father, and you have all of eternal life through the provision, the supernatural power of the cleansing blood of Jesus. I want you to want to thank you tonight for listening so well. I want to thank you for having this opportunity to preach God's Word to you today. Will it make any difference tomorrow to you that you have heard that you are in partnership with God? I've already asked that tonight, before you sleep, spend a little time just praising the Lord for all that you have by faith in Christ Jesus, and that you have all the blessings, all the time, for all eternity, But when you get up and go to work tomorrow morning, just remember you're under the blood. When you face temptation in the world, when you hear the tempter's voice in your ear, remember you're under the blood. And it's right that we confess our sins. One thing we're going to do tomorrow, and that's sin. We're going to sin tomorrow. We're not going to keep the law of God perfect. We're going to fail We're going to come short of God's glory tomorrow. Does that mean that our fellowship with God is over? No, the blood keeps on cleansing us and keeps us in constant fellowship 
with God. One last piece of advice. When we talk about confession of sin, and every Christian needs daily to confess their sins, don't stop until you get to the cross for cleansing. It is not Christian. It is not biblical. It is not evangelical for a Christian to just get into a pity party. I'm a sinner. I've broken God's law. I'm in a terrible shape, and God must be displeased with me. I'm undone. That's not confession of sin. That's denying constant cleansing power of Jesus' blood. And this was something I read from Martin Lloyd-Jones. It's wise, it's necessary. When you confess your sins, whatever it is, don't stop until you get to the cross because that's where you find the remedy. That's the healing. That's the cleansing from sin. It's the answer to our self-consciousness of our sinful nature and our failing before God. And we go to the cross afresh and we plead the blood again and again and again. And John says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So this is important, but don't stop till you get to the cross. Let's close in prayer tonight. Let's just ask the Lord to take his word and write it on our hearts. O God, our Father, we thank thee for the help that you have given us to look at this first chapter of John. We praise thee for the gospel, for this amazing Savior who took our nature, who became our Redeemer. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you tonight for saving our soul. We thank thee that many here tonight have been born of God, that there is this true experience of new life in Christ. We thank thee also for the constant cleansing of Jesus' precious blood. Oh, Lord, we thank Thee that right now that blood is flowing over us. And even tomorrow in the melee of the world and a a corrupt world and a world of filthy conversation, that precious blood will still be flowing over us. Oh, Lord, we thank Thee that all our worship is to be bathed in the blood. All our praises are to be living sacrifices. Praising the Lamb. And one day we shall see thee, Lord. And we shall see the scars in your hands, the wound in your side, and we'll see the blood that cleanses us again and again and again. Bless this congregation. Thank you for the interest that you've given them in the Savior. Lead them on. Keep them from the world. Give them much joy and gladness in knowing the Savior. Bless every home and dismiss us now with your blessing. Take us home in safety. May the blessing of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with every believer now and Thank you for listening to the program today, and I hope that the message has been clear and has reached your heart. And if it has rung a note of conviction, 
bringing you to the realization that you need to be saved, that you need to be under the cleansing power of Jesus' precious blood, then please call on the Lord today to be your Savior. Call on the Lord to wash you in his blood and to give you the gift of full salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So it is received by faith, and it's a gift. You don't pay, you don't work for it, you receive it by faith. And that promise in 1 John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I beseech you today to go to 1 John 1, 9 and pray over those verses and you will truly find that God is indeed faithful to forgive and to cleanse you from every sin. As the hymn says, every sin has to go beneath the cleansing flow. And my heart's desire is that you will be saved. If I can be of personal help, feel free to call me at 604-897-2040 or send me an email at ltbsradio at gmail.com. And for all the information, you can go to our website, ltbs.ca. That's for Let the Bible Speak, ltbs.ca. And I will be delighted to help you and to encourage you. And of course, we will send you that little booklet, A New Beginning, free of charge. May the Lord draw near and may you seek him with all your heart and you will be saved. Thank you. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak in Canada. And this is Ian Golliher calling all Canadians back to the Bible. That means back to blessing by following the light of God's own word, which is a true lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Ezekiel was called of God to warn the people of the consequences of their sins. Yes, sin has consequences. Just think of what they had done. They had used the gold which God gave them, leaving Egypt, to worship God and glorify Him. They were to build a tabernacle and later the temple for worship, and the glory of the Lord would dwell there. But in sheer madness, in their wild imaginations, they took that gold to make their own gods to worship them. They robbed God of his glory and gave his glory to the gods of the heathen. They made awful replicas of filthy creatures out of God's gold. If you turn to Ezekiel 7:19, we read, They cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. 
They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowls, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. As for the beauty of his ornament, he set it in majesty. But they made the images of their abominations and of their detestable things therein. Therefore have I set it far from them. This is the issue that caused God's anger against Israel. They took God's good gifts and turned them into abominations, things that offended God totally, things that God could never tolerate, for he loathed them. This was because they stole God's glory. They robbed the Lord of the love and the devotion that he deserved. It would be like Ukraine taking the weapons from the Western allies and then attacking the West with them, raining missiles on Paris, London, or New York. It would be like the government funding Canadians to serve their country, but they take that funding to sell out their country to foreign agencies. It would be like a son giving away his father's keys to robbers who would steal every stick of furniture in the house. God hates idolatry, for he is a jealous God. He is jealous of his own glory. That is why God warned Israel through Ezekiel of his fury with them. He would turn them over to their cruel enemies, leaving only a remnant. And he did. That's why Israel spent 70 years in captivity after being led into exile in Babylon. God doesn't threaten lightly. His threats are as sure as his promises. Now think of what Canadians are doing with the goodness of God today. Think of all the gold that men turn to idols in this land. Think of the Sabbaths that are whittled away in pleasure that ought to be given to God's worship. Think of the healthy bodies that are given over to vile uncleanness, adultery, fornication, and sodomy. Think of children that were given into families only to be educated by teachers who twist their minds and model perversity. God gave those children for His glory. They ought to serve and worship Him. They ought to sing His praises and the voices He has given them and follow the Ten Commandments He has given them for their own good and His glory. O Canada, why turn to idols? Turn to the living God who loves righteousness and truth, and He will honor them that honor Him. Are you not polluted with these things? Then turn to the Savior who is able to save His people from their sins. Jesus saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. Turn to Him today. We call all Canadians to turn back to the Bible. Turn to the Christ of Calvary and be saved. Be washed from your sins. Be born again by the Spirit of God. And then you are fitted for heaven. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.